0: It has been a crazy um, few weeks, few days, as every day is. Every day is crazy. Maybe you're just lucky enough not to notice it. But um, I just got back from Nashville, Tennessee. Man. So uh, the gal and I got $35 flights, round trip to Nashville. And it turns out that for $35... um, they could just show up whenever they want. They could just be like, oh, sorry, the pilot's, uh, taking a dump. So we're going to be like 14 hours late. Hell, we're just going to cancel it, <laughs> man. So we get there, uh, two hours before trying to be responsible, you know, get there two hours before boarding. It takes about 20 minutes to get from the curb to the gate. I mean, run right through security. It's, I mean, the airport's half empty, COVID, whatever. And we just get there like, oh, great, okay, we've got a couple hours. And I, I hate airports. Airports are very uncomfortable. They're not. They're they're not places. They're just places everyone passes through. So they're not made to be somewhere where you want to spend more than a half hour. So um, we, uh, we're sitting there and I get an email. Your flight is delayed fifteen minutes. Great, 15 minutes. Okay, whatever. Flight is delayed a half hour. Oh, man, this is getting, this, this stinks. Flight is delayed an hour. Oh, we're going to get there by 1.30. We're going to have a whole day. We're going to be able to go to this state park and take this little hike and walk around this neighborhood and check it out. Anyway... The flight just keeps getting delayed and delayed and delayed, and people start getting angry, and the poor girls behind the counter, I mean, they're, like, 18 years old, probably live in Newark, they working there, but all of a sudden you have, like, some 40-year-old accountant from, like, Montclair yelling at them as if they're, like, the pilot, um, but... It, it starts getting, it starts getting like funky. Like the flight is delayed like four hours. I mean, it, it is just terrible. And now, when I say it out loud, like four hours, who cares? It's not a big deal. Um, but it it felt like an eternity, man. Um, it felt like so long. And all the time, mean, you're sitting next to these people, you start getting to know each other. So we keep like someone goes up to them, talks to them, tries to get an update. Then they come back. They tell you know they tell us, and then the person next to us, and then some lady, and then that lady tells the other Spanish family, she translate it, translates it into Spanish for them, so it relates the information to them, and then they make that same, like, oh, terrible, they make that, a, like, um, facial expression, and we all kind of laugh, so that was a, that was a sweet little um, chain of uh, translation we had going, it was really cute, and then this guy next to us, he's got a whole duffel bag full of bagels and lox, <laughs> he's trying to bring New York or I guess New Jersey, on, on the plane all the way to uh, Tennessee. He said he had a date with his future ex-wife. And I finally asked him, like, well, are you married and getting divorced, or do you like this girl and you're just uh, a little cynical there? Uh, so, yeah, a little cynical. But uh, I hope they're doing well, and I hope they don't get divorced. Or they don't get married, either one. And to be honest, I don't care which one, because either way, they'll be happy, hopefully. I just don't like that middle thing. But if that, if they do that, and then they're happy, and then they're unhappy, then you gotta get out, so you get out. Okay. Anyway, the, oh, and then there's this kid, and I say kid, but, you know, a couple years older than me, and he's a med, he's a doctor, he has his MD, he's a doctor, And he'd been working all night, worked all night, came straight to the airport. And now he's just sitting in the airport for seven hours. Horrible. But here's the thing. Not only is this guy, not only is he a doctor, but he also is a pilot, which is absolutely insane. I mean, this guy, this guy is just highly, highly intelligent, really cool dude. So what he's doing is he's searching, he's searching, he has like some pilot's database where he could tell where the plane is. So he's like, yeah, the plane is not even in the air. It's still in Tennessee. It's still on the ground. So not like he's like we're not leaving here anytime soon. So that was crazy and he had more information than the than the poor girls behind the desk. It was crazy. Oh my god. Anyway, we get on the plane. It's pitch black. It's pouring. There's insane turbulence. I hate flying. I'm chugging wine. And I'm getting, I'm getting drunk, and I'm, and they're, like, they charge you for wine, even though we waited in the airport for six hours. So I'm yelling at the poor stewardess, I, I, I or steward or whatever, and he's like, oh, it's, you know, I'm like, dude, we were waiting for six hours. The least you could do is give me a free, oh, oh my god, hilarious, absolutely hilarious. So, um, I feel bad. I feel like I owe that guy an apology. He was just working. Um, I actually did apologize afterwards. <laughs> I'm like, dude. I know you're just doing your job. I it's I, I'm cranky. I'm sorry. I'm playing my uh, Taylor guitar, by the way. Today, I was gonna play my um, my Gibson, but um, it's it doesn't want to stay in tune today. So I figured this was a little safer bet. This Taylor, it's mahogany wood Taylor, nice little um, three quarter size. I love this guitar. So we land in Nashville, and um, we got tested. It was great because there's a COVID pandemic. I don't know if you heard of this pandemic. So got tested, so I feel safe. Um, met up with uh, – the gal and I met up with my buddy Mikey and his gal and um, Aaron, she rocks. And then we, uh, we, we go straight to like Maz Tacos, which is this incredible Mexican restaurant in East Nashville. Oh, my God. The tortilla soup is to die for. Like, just beautiful, beautiful food. We got this cheesy corn that, oh, my God, insane food. Tacos are delicious. Really, really good food. Then we ended up at some, like, ridiculous, um, what do they call those? Like a tiki bar or, or something. Um, tiki bar? I, I don't really know. But uh, it was, like, a fancy, like, uh, hip, like, cocktail bar. Um, and that was exciting, and I got nachos, and I was just, like, kind of, like, coming down from the insane day. And then we're there, we're in Nashville, we're in Nashville, and we go to sleep, we sleep on this like, uh, really nice um, air mattress, so it's like an air mattress, but it's like for, it's like a nice one, so really, really comfortable actually, there's a cat, it's great, um, wake up, and here's the crazy thing about Nashville, is like, um, it's such a strange city, and and. You know, we're sort of scoping it out. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to have this personal experience to see if I feel at home there, if I'm supposed to live there someday, if I'm supposed to move there soon. Is it someplace I want to end up, you know, is it okay for my soul if I spend some time there? Is it good for me? It's good for my career. I'm trying to be practical, trying to also still be in touch with the old, you know, the inner goods and uh, see if it feels right. Um, But I got to say, man, like... It is insane what you get there for your money. Like like for a hundred like for for thirty bucks you'd you'd get this insane meal that in New York would be like a hundred bucks at least. Um, you know? And for for fourteen hundred dollars rent, you could have like a two bedroom house, um, you know, with a yard and, and, and stuff. So pretty, pretty cool. Certainly like the practical side of it is very appealing. Um it's a little difficult because, uh, man, like it is not the prettiest landscape. It is. It's just not. Um, and I hope it, if you're from Nashville up, you're not offended. I love it there. I had a great time. And, um, Radnor Lake state park is gorgeous, you know, but you kind of have to seek it out. Otherwise it's pretty just like, you know, there's this neighborhood and that neighborhood. It's very like residential. There's not a ton of wilderness, not a ton of nature. And I can't really explain it. Maybe it's the, the, uh, the way it's pretty flat. I don't know, but I'm just not used to it. Like it's so far, it's so different than upstate New York. It is so damn different, but um, I had a really great time, Uh, did all kinds of, uh, you know, like there's so many cocktail bars. Some of you just show up and and you kind of like, you just tell them what you like. And I'm like, um, oh, I like maple syrup and, and rosemary. And then they just come back with this beautiful cocktail that's like, you know, the, so, and then they tell you afterwards what's in it, you know, um, all that fancy ass shit. So very, very cool. Had a great time. Drove through Broadway. Oh, my God. That place, it's as if like there's no uh, pandemic. Like that place is popping. And we didn't even feel like we did even feel safe getting out of the car. It was It was pretty wacky. Um, so we dodged, we, you know, we avoided that, like the plague cause, uh, it is the plague and, um, just had a, had a grand old time that, that town is full of such delicious food, incredible coffee. Um, I got, I got this, uh, shirt. Um, first of all, I paid seven bucks for a coffee cause I went into this cafe. It's like one of these fancy like cafe and brewery places. And I had to, <laughs> I had to use the bathroom. So... I went in to use the bathroom and was like, "Oh, I should buy a coffee." You know, it's it's not nice and whatever, a couple of bucks. tell, I, I want a coffee anyway. And then you look at the menu and it's like they only have pour overs. They only have these beautiful single origin pour overs that are like five fifty. And then and then it's like five and change after tax. And then well, you got to tip the guy a dollar because like he slaved over your coffee for. For like 10 minutes, you know, looking at it and tasting it. He did this fancy thing where, I mean, if you don't know what a pour over is, it's just, it's a very long and dramatic and personalized way of making a single cup of coffee. It's very beautiful. Um, And I've worked at a cafe a lot and it's very fun to make, but uh, it's time consuming. But this guy, you know, he was like fully like engrossed in what he was doing. And then, and then he tastes it, you know, like puts a spoon in your coffee and just like tastes it. Oh yeah, that's good. You know, um, and meanwhile, he's probably like, oh, that's gross, but whatever. Um, no, it was it was an incredible cup of coffee. But then you got to tip the guy dollars, then it's like seven bucks. And that was a $7 pee. That was $7 to relieve my... I should have just gone out back. I should have just gone to the back of the building. No one would be there. Who cares? But, but you know, it, it's fine. It's, you know, it's good. Went to a good thing. It wasn't like Starbucks or whatever. They, they need the money. They could use it. And I'm glad they have that. That, that chunk of change, that's good. Um, but overall, I had an incredible time there, and it's just a nice place with good people. Um, met, met some other lovely um, people, you know, and obviously it's a lot more limited because of uh, the, old, the old pandemic, but, um, you know, and a lot of outdoor stuff, but, it, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's a really cool town. And here's all. Here's the last thing I'll, I'll say about this town: is that when you go over to someone and you say, "I am a," you introduce yourself, and they ask, "What do you do?" And you go say, "I am a musician." The reaction is, "Oh, cool, me too." Whereas in New York, if you say I'm a musician, they're like, "Ugh, like, well, what do you do for a living?" I mean, you know, it is so. Um, there's this optimism. There's this hope, and networking is not a dirty word. It seems to be this like community that, look, they're still human beings. I'm sure they're still jaded, jealousy and all that crap. But it, it seems to be that there is this like real pathway that people are excited about and they genuinely get excited about talent. They genuinely get excited that someone is really good, that they can learn from them. And uh, it's pretty cool. It's a cool place, and I had a great time and um I'm gonna have Mikey on the podcast very soon. he's an incredible uh songwriter musician, one of my dearest friends uh, so thank you Mikey for having us um I love you dude and and he he's definitely won't listen to this <laughs> but uh I can't wait to have him on um uh, he's a really he's he's great um anyway while I was there um I was thinking a lot about John Prine because this this you know we we just lost john prine and he was sort of the the forefather he he was this guiding light for the specific ilk of um nashville songwriters and musicians that i'm sort of referring to and he was really their guiding light and his loss was was really felt by that community very deeply and there's murals of him. Everyone loves his songs, and he's not going anywhere. And um, he's just so cool. So um, here's a little. Uh, here's a John Prine song that. Here's a John Prine song that I love a lot. It's. Um, it's called "Hello" in there.
1: Apartment in the city. Me and Loretta like living there. Well, it's been years since the kids had grown a life of their own, left us all alone. John and Linda. Joe is somewhere on the road. We lost Davy in the Korean War. Still don't know what for. Doesn't matter anymore. You know, little trees just grow stronger. No rivers. Grow wilder every day. Oh, people just grow lonesome, waiting for someone to say hello. In Me and Loretta we don't talk much more She just sits and stares through the back door screen And all the news just repeats itself Like some forgotten dream All well, that we both see Someday I'll go and call up Rudy We work together at the factory But what could I say if he asks what's new? Nothing was with you Nothing much to do Know that old trees just grow stronger and old rivers grow wilder every day. Old people just grow lonesome, waiting for someone to say hello in there. If you're walking down the street sometime And spot some hollow ancient eyes Please don't just pass them by and stare As if you didn't care Say hello in there
0: I was driving, and that song came on. I didn't know who John Prine was, but I knew that this was like—I mean, I loved this song—and I kept waiting for the for the disc jockey to say who wrote the song or who the song was by. And they never did, and the song never left my mind. Finally, I heard it again on the radio, and by that time, I was a little bit older, and I had Shazam shazam it. John Prine. And then it's sort of like that thing where the minute you hear about the person, all of a sudden they're everywhere. And then you discover the other songs. The craziest thing, or the most beautiful thing about John Prine, is that he um, he he had this incredible career, sort of a great... That, that, that song's from his debut album. He had another song on it called Sam Stone, and they're big. And he became very – he was relatively successful and was sort of this well-respected country songwriter. And then he – I don't even know the story, but he reinvented himself and he almost died and he got part of his neck taken out. He had horrible cancer. And he came back from the dead and put out an album that is so great and people come, came flocking to him more so than ever. And similar to Leonard Cohen, he was playing shows in his old age, bigger shows than he ever had, ever. And he's playing to all different ages. And he was cool, John Prine, this beautiful old man with uh, He wasn't that old; he was seventy, but he looked, you know, a hundred because uh, he had battled this, you know, disease and stuff. And he was so charming and witty and beautiful and people saw it and people understood it and that is the coolest thing is that it didn't his charm and beauty and light and greatness wasn't wasn't wasted we we loved him and we appreciated him and he knew it and he would dance on stage and everyone would go wild and he was a treasure man and we are so lucky and the craziest things like his last album has so many great songs on it. How many of your of our favorite artists can we say that about? Where their their later albums are incredible. Not too many. His last album had some just oh, beautiful beautiful tunes. Um, man, are we lucky? So you know he was on my mind in Nashville. There's a mural of him up at Grimey's record store, which I know about Grimey's because when I was uh, when I was like sixteen. Um, and I just discovered Cage the Elephant. They had their, they had a YouTube uh, concert of them playing live in the basement um, at Grimey's or live at Grimey's or something. So it's like I knew that name, and I knew that like Cage the Elephant had like played there. So that was cool. And then all these years later, I'm sort of there, you know, looking at records. Um, funny how uh, life just works out that way. That if you pursue something consistently. It sort of comes back around in a very um, beautiful way, a very cool way. Um. So a few months back, uh, I talk about Mark Norman a lot. Mark Norman is my favorite comedian. I, I love the guy, and he's he's the coolest. So I'm a big Mark Norman fan, like obsessed with him. He has a podcast Tuesdays with Stories. It's just beautiful and hilarious and and strange, and at the core, just very very beautiful. Um, and he, uh, he put out like a Instagram story, like he's filming something on the Staten Island Ferry. So come through if you want to like, you know, hang out, whatever, if you want to, um, you know, we're filming it. So we need people. So like come through, come, come through if you're around. So I, I showed up at the Staten Island Ferry. Um, and I was hardcore. I took the ferry from Staten Island, met him and the film crew, um, on the New York side. And he filmed this thing, he filmed like a comedy set, and it was supposed to be for The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. But uh, it was pretty insane, like it was very difficult to pull off, or outside, it was very noisy and windy, and they wanted to get it as it was, they wanted to get New York in the background, and there was only, you know, there was only so much time, they had to rehearse it, blah blah blah. And so... He kind of scrunched it in the last minute, but it was very clear. Like we weren't sure because by the end we had heard the set four times. So when you hear the same joke four times in a row, it could be your favorite comedian in the world. You're still like, <laughs> you don't laugh because laughing is is the element of surprise. So when you're not surprised, it's it's just you know. Um, and mind you, I'm such a like nerd that I, I know half these jokes already anyway. Because like I you know I'll watch like bootlegs of him whatever. So and I, I've seen him I've seen him perform these jokes twice in the past few months, so, but we had a great time, and uh, he knows my name now, which is insane, it's hilarious, um, I get mad at him, because uh, i like the, I like the, rela- I want to be his fan, I don't, I don't, um, you know, it feels almost like, dude, it's beneath you, don't, don't, don't even, you know, um, and that's not a low self-esteem thing, I, I, I think I'm the ship, but I want to have that kind of relationship, that, you know, and I, I don't like, um, it's just, you, you want someone to look up to not to look across at, you know, um, or I already look up at him, but, um, had a great time. And, you know, I I just, I love, I love watching him work because he's such a workhorse. He's, he does, he works harder than any other comic in New York. And I really admire that about him and he's super, super humble and super, um, open and he's, you know, he's a big deal. He's done like the tonight show and blah, blah, blah. He's got like over almost 200 K, uh, followers on Instagram like he his special just reached five million views on YouTube which is insane he put it out himself no one would take it and then it got five million views which is very exciting check it out it's called out to lunch um, anyway so but think about like a musician in that place a musician that like has like five million views on YouTube and has almost 200k Instagram followers like they would never respond to me that doesn't happen it we don't do that I don't know why. I mean, I know why, because it's not normal. Mark Mark Norman is an exception, but I really admire him. I admire his work ethic, and I think the fact that he does respond to fans, and he does sort of, like, he's not, like, too cool, is a really... I mean, it says a lot about his character, um, but I think it's just a beautiful, smart thing to do, and I, I you know, I think we should see that a little bit more, because, uh, yeah, Um but anyway, I digress. So wh- what the hell was I saying? Oh, so that was fun, yeah. Oh, so it finally came out. Um, so I didn't think it would see the light of day and he, you know, but it finally came out on the tonight show. I was very excited. I tuned into Fallon. And I gotta say, man, like these uh these and I kept jumping back and forth from like Kimmel to Fallon and all that stuff. Like these these things feel archaic. It feels like like going on like regular TV feels like you're just like in one of those like abandoned insane asylums that like Reagan emptied in the eighties. Like it feels so like. Is anyone watching this? Is this just like on in hospitals and old nursing homes? Like, and and you could feel the pandering of like trying to like appeal to kids. Like, haha, TikTok and whatever. It's beyond, it's and and I, I and I love Kimmel and I love Fallon. Like I, I I really do. I sort of have a soft spot for for that medium. I like the late night show thing it's exciting but uh very very strange is like surreal experience to watch it um and then you know it's just like there that stuff then Big Bang Theory in the middle and it's just like who the hell is watching this stuff like who wants to sit through all those commercials it's terrible I don't get it it's like YouTube is so much better you could watch anything and there's no commercials and podcasts are so much better like I don't know very very strange but um, anyway, I just wanted to tell you a little bit about my Nashville trip. It was really fun. I don't know what I'm doing yet. Um, obviously, you know, whatever I do, I'm gonna do with my gal because she she's the best, and um, and I I trust her and I want her to be happy. So you know, whatever she wants and uh, whatever I want, we're gonna we're gonna do it together wherever we end up. And um, very grateful for that, and don't wanna take it for granted. Anyway, I want to leave you uh, with this song. Um, it's another John Prine song. He's been in my heart a lot. He was on my mind while in Nashville, Tennessee, and and I guess wherever I do end up, um, I'd like I'd like to do it with the charm, with the wit, and the love that um, that that man exuded. And yeah, so this is called Summer's End. and I'm gonna leave you with this. All right, I'll talk to you later. <laughs>
1: Summer's in, around the bend, just flyin'. The swimming suits are on the line, just tryin'. I'll meet you there, per our conversation. Just come on home Come on home and minds at random that old easter egg ain't got a leg to stand on well I can see that you can't win for trying and new year's eve is bound to leave you crying just come on home, come on do
0: Do yourself a favor check out um john prine's last album the tree of forgiveness um i think it's just it's good for you and it's certainly good for me um thank you so much for listening i, I appreciate appreciate and i love you for it um and i hope i see you soon okay um, i'll talk to you later all right bye-bye i'm hanging up <laughs>